What's up, Don Nation? Here's a quick question for you. Ableton versus FL. Which one is actually better? At a bird's eye view, without getting into all the little details of this DAW does this, this DAW does that. If you're looking at it from a big bird's eye view, huge bird, big bird, huge big bird's big eye view, Wow, which one is actually better for you and your music? It's a great question. We're gonna be answering this question as well as a bunch of other questions in this week's episode of In The Daw with Biometrics. What's up, Don Nation? My name is Wyatt Troy. I'm a music producer much like yourself, and I wanna welcome you to another episode of In The Daw. Now, if you're new to the channel, that's cool, welcome. In The Daw is a series where we invite huge music producers that come and dissect their songs in real time so that you can actually see what is working straight from the source. You don't have to go scouring through the internet looking for a song or sound recreation video from someone who didn't even make the song or the sound in the first place. No, 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 no. You learn straight from the source right here. So if you wanna keep learning from huge music producers so that you can number one, get better at music production, number two, make a bigger impact with your music, and number three, start making a living off something that you are actually passionate about, then go ahead, right below this video, there's a little subscribe button, hit that subscribe button, hit the little notification bell so that you get notified whenever we put out new content. Also, if you're one of our lovely podcast listeners, that's awesome, thank you for joining us. Make sure on whatever podcasting app that you're listening on to hit subscribe, follow, whatever's appropriate. We're just grateful that you're over here. So now the big question is, how is this week's episode of In The Dog going to benefit you as a music producer? That is a fantastic question. Love that question. You are so good at questions. 10 house points to Slytherin. Now, like I mentioned in the intro of this video, this is an episode with Biometrics. He is breaking down his song, Right For You. It's a really great song. You should definitely go check it out. It's getting a lot of success right now. But one of the things that you can plan to walk away with this week is layering your vocals inside of FL Studio. Whoa, wait, whoa, hold, hold up, hold up, Wyatt. You said that we're gonna be talking about Ableton versus FL, but then just layering vocals in FL? What's up with that, huh? What's going on? What's going on? The reason why is this, because Biometric actually uses both. He uses FL and Ableton. And so it's actually really, really cool. His workflow is gonna be going over that, but he's going to show you his specific method of layering vocals inside of FL, which really, I mean, it works with any DAW, but it's gonna be shown specifically within FL. The second thing that we're gonna be talking about is layering your vocals with a vocoded layer. It's a, it's a tried and true method. It sounds amazing. Literally the possibilities are endless because you can vocode your vocals to anything. It's actually really cool how he does it and the results that he's getting from it. So we're gonna be going over that. So the third thing that we're gonna be talking about is making unique hi-hat patterns, right? You don't just want it eighth notes, you don't want 16th notes, you don't want to, you don't want to just switch it back from eighth notes to 16th, no, 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 none of that crap. No, you want unique patterns, because you're unique. Only one person like you. Oh, that was cringy. And then finally, Daw Nation, I just want to let you know that this week's episode of In The Daw is sponsored by the Zan Griffin Zodiac Masterclass. Now, we'll get into a lot more details about that at the end of the episode, but if you want to see Zan Griffin, who went on to get over 100 million streams on his last album, break down that album, show you how he made every single song inside of there, so that you can see all the tried and true methods of how to make an album that got over 100 million streams, go ahead, click the link down in the description, or head on over to DawNation.com. Net. But with that being said, Don Nation, let's go ahead and ask our wonderful, just completely lovely individual to be around all the time, never upsetting, never back-talking me, Ben, to introduce us to Biometrics and take us in the dock. All right, dude, so let's start from the absolute intro, like the beginning.
So the intro, the like, like right before all the drums come in and everything, what, what is that? There's, there's some really cool sounds in there. So this here is like a reverse of, so I've got this like weird monk gamelan sample here. And then I just doubled it. And then, no, I'm gonna do, I'm just gonna reverse it back. This is gonna be some editing for you here because I can't actually remember what I did. Oh, okay, yes. Yeah. So I basically got a piano. It was, um, that was contact, a contact library called Unicorda. Don't know if you've heard of it. It's so gorgeous. I love it. Uh huh. Beautiful, right? And basically, I just thought, like, to keep the theme going of the hook, I just played the melody of the hook on the piano. Yeah, and then basically reversed it, chopped it all up into little segments, and then put everything back in the order it should have been. So, it, so it like kind of plays at the same in the same chord progressions as it was. Um, it just keeps it going, and then underneath that as well, you've got. So like all my vocal processing and everything I do in Ableton because it's just better. It's just, it is better, let's be honest. Like FL is not as good as Ableton, but I use it and I know it well. So I just chucked a guitar rig on the vocal. And then you've got your chords here, which is just a basic like serum, like weird cut off preset thing. So I think that's just like a basic factory sound, actually. I've just taken the release off it and the echoes all together. I'm hearing like a, like a low brass sound or something like that. That guy. That's like a, um, a synthetic brass, uh, synthetic strings sample that I've got going on as well. That is from the, I'm just, I mean, another preset, basically, but I've just chucked a load, a load of delays on it. Yeah, so you've got Echo Boy on that. The warm, crispy tape, which is just amazing. I don't know if you know that one. You just chuck that on there and it just adds, it just kind of, you know, adds a bit of depth to the intro just to sort of introduce it properly, you know, it doesn't sound too weak when it comes in. And then you've got your standard 808 to intro the track, which is just a sample there. I think the main thing that really brings the intro is together is this little thing here, obviously. So we covered the first four bars. Love it. So you got your main vocals. So do you record and process all of your vocals in Ableton? Is that right? Yeah, and sing them. So you sing them, record them, process them. You do everything inside of Ableton. I think just from reading, it just seems like you got your main vocal and then you got your vocoded layer. I mean, yeah, you got doubles and all kinds of stuff, right? But you got your vocoded layer, right? Yeah. You probably just use the Ableton vocoder, right? No, that's VocalSynth too. 
Isotope. All the way, man. That thing is out the box. Amazing. So how does how does that work? Does it allow you to vocode to other things or does it have an internal vocoder that it has? The vocal synth 2 is amazing because it has two options. It has like the, the singular mode where you, it just plays the vocal but with a cool effect on it. And then it has the MIDI mode, which is where you route it to your vocal and then route that, that through the same way you would a normal vocoder through the MIDI chords. Which one did you do? Did you just do the internal one or did you do the external MIDI? Well, what I did was these chords here... I just bounced that MIDI and then imported that into Ableton. And then obviously like the, you know, I've, I've been learning, I've been trying to learn quite a lot about vocal processing. So obviously you've got your main vocal, you've got your left dub, you've got your right dub, and then you've got Vocaline, which which just like syncs everything together and then duplicate your main vocal and then run it through the MIDI. And it sounds like this. With that specific vocal or that specific vocoder thing right there, did you take all the vocals that you had, like all the dubs and everything, bounced it to audio and then did this? Or was that is that just your main vocal? No, it's just this one here. We'd make such team ever since the day we met. It's just, it's just the one. It's just the main, like the lead line, but it's rooted straight through. And I mean, have you used vo have you used vocal synth too much? I have no. I remember using vocal synth one like four years ago, but I've not no, I haven't even touched vocal synth two. Oh dude, honestly, like it's another level because you've got these like four perimeters on the top you've got like the polyvox you can like change the breath you can change the pitch control everything if you get really creative with it you can even like you know you can make like this alien voice out of anything it's really cool you can like tweak how human it sounds how daft punk it sounds how talk box it sounds yeah it's really good i thought for this track it was quite a cool effect so with with you layering your vocals so you have your main layer and then you have a left and a, and a right dub is that right yeah it varies from track to track. I mean, if you're doing harmonies as well, then obviously there's a lot more to it. But this one, I just, yeah, I just had my, there was a lot more I did lay down like for falsettos and harmonies and everything. But then I just thought, you know what, let the track speak for itself. So I've just got the main line, left dub, right dub. So that's just little alter boy pitch down, forming up or the other way around. One of the other, I can't remember. The classic. <laughs> I feel like what we're talking about comes from this concept of when, you, when you're doing vocal stacking and, vo and po vocal production, it's just adding these different layers. It's kind of incorporating the same concept as Super Saw, right? Where it's like, you know, like with Super Saw, you're trying to like get as many complementary harmonics into one space as possible, make them sound tight and big and full. That's kind of what vocal dubbing is, right? It's just you're, you're putting different layers of yourself in there to kind of help fill that space and make it sound big and full and, and pleasing, right? That's kind of the overall concept. Yeah, exactly. I mean, to be like, I'm, yeah, I'm still learning so much about vocal processing. I mean, nowadays, the standard of, you know, pop and the mainstream standard of vocal processing is just unbelievable. I mean, this was actually before this track was finished, just before I managed to get a whole set of new, when Black Friday came around, I got a whole set of new plugins as well. So I got the new Autotune Pro and I got Vocaline, which has changed everything because that's, you know, and, and then obviously you got Melodyne. So, so the ideal way to do it, I think, is you get your main vocal and then you have dub and then you have your second dub and then you have another two dubs but you sing them in a different way so you sing them like nasally and then another one like kind of a bit deeper and then you have your harmonies harmony one left harmony one right harmony two left harmony two right and then you melodyne each one and then like well you vocaline them first then you melodyne them and then you auto-tune them and that's what you're supposed to do i did get a little bit lazy with this track to be honest because i just chucked the vocoder on it and i was like that's fine <laughs> that's great man so this this is actually really cool 
because there's a lot of people that are that are going to be watching this. They don't know what vocal line is, and so it's so like I love vocal lines so much. For the, so for you guys, unbelievable, dude, unbelievable. So for someone who doesn't know what it is, so basically imagine like you're recording two vocals, and you know they're pretty the same, but imagine you know like these two hands are two different vocals, right? And they're pretty the same, but they're still kind of off. And then when you do vocal line, it makes them like this, like it completely ma makes them match up like perfectly. It just it helps you take your vocals and make everything sound so crisp and clean and lined up and and everything so basically what you do is you it roots you, you root it to your main track so whichever one you decide is the lead vocal you root your dubs and the other layers to that and then it tracks the vocal and then analyzes the transients and squishes them together i i, I don't know how it does it but then you just literally it's so quick as well you just go analyze a line process done and that's it and then on to the next track it's yeah crazy. once you got it you can't you can't not have it anymore let's go to bar start from bar five again i think there's some other things i want to cover so is there anything in this kind of verse section right here that you really feel like we need to cover that you're like super like i really want to talk about this there's nothing huge exciting going on outside of what we've covered other than you know you obviously got your ridiculous pitch machine gun hats and then you got like just pan shakers on top and then yeah and then you've got like these weird flares going on and then that so yeah, that's it. Right? I mean, pretty pretty much what it says on the tin. Uh, here's a question concerning, you know, like this kind of more trappier style thing when you have like your machine gun hi-hats and, you know, like changing rhythms and all that kind of stuff. What's your process with that? How do you know when to change stuff? How do you know when to put this hi-hat here or not here? Or maybe have this rhythm play here. Like what's your process with that? <laughs> that's a really good question. Sometimes I really know and sometimes I just have no idea. <laughs> but a lot of the time it's, so, you know, Troy Boy, he's a real, for me personally, like he's been a real influence in, in his in his hi-hat patterns because if you listen to his music like it's so minimal but hits so hard it's all about the space between the little crazy hi-hat chops whereas a lot of the time i do this and you know you tend to just lay down your basic hi-hat pattern you know you do like like the straight hats all the way through whereas sometimes it's cool to just like not even listen to it and just you know load up the piano roll and just go like you know you get a few different hat sounds so you've got like and then just just try putting them in random places. The beautiful thing about FL is you've obviously got your out A uh, arpeggiator thing, so you can you know do all this stuff here, which just makes life really easy. And then it's just a case of playing with it until they sit in the right place. There's a little bit of randomness going on, and then the randomness turns into intention. Let's go ahead and move on into the build, and we'll see if there's anything in there. There's nothing in there that really like caught my attention to saying like, oh, we need to talk about that. But there is something like a process I did want to talk about. That I feel like you, you did, which is really awesome. And that I wish more people did, especially a lot of amateurs when they show me their songs and they want feedback on them. It's just build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, build up, and then just drop right at the at the top of the build up, right? But you did something here, which is like you build and then there's like this, what is it? Like a two bar. It's a two bar hook. Little, little hook, little two bar rest that you kind of have, right? And that like, it, it really ultimately just 
just creates, it creates a, a dynamics, right? Everything's crazy and then it's quiet and then it's extra crazy, right? Where if it was just like, everything's crazy and now it's really crazy, it doesn't create that that contrast, right? And so when you cut everything out and then everything comes back in for the drop, that's that's where the money happens. Yeah, I, think, I mean, yeah, 100% agree with you. I, I think, I, I know, funnily enough, originally the track was like that. It was right, right up to the drop and then bang, but... Funny story. So the song, this was the song started very differently. I actually wrote the entire top line behind the steering wheel while driving down the highway. Like, <laughs> I, I was like, hey, Siri, open voice recorder. And then I was like, right, started singing it. And then, yeah, I just sang the whole thing, the lyrics and everything. They just happened behind the wheel. And then I was like, okay, this has changed how our song's going to go. So I, I just thought, yeah, that's kind of how it happens. And then that changed, obviously, the whole structure of the song. And I just thought, especially with this low voice here. It just brings another layer before it comes in. So yeah. All right, let's let's do let's do the big payout. Hit me with the drop, man. What am I supposed to do? First thing. Of course, the 808. What's going on with the 808? Where's that guy coming from? Oh, we've got two layers going on here. Okay, so what I've done is I've taken the same distorted sound, which came from, like, I think it originally at once a long time ago was cymatics, and now it's turned into something else. So you got that higher top end for the for the harmonics, and then you have the lower bottom end for the, for the actual sub. And then, yeah, and then I've duplicated that, just distorted it, and then cut all the low end off for the layer on top. So it's the same sound, but I've tweaked it enough so it doesn't phase with itself, and then it's just got, like, another distorted layer on top, so they sound kind of... And then obviously sidechain it with the kicks on a real quick release. You'll notice the kick. You see what the mix is doing there? Uh, so yeah. So and then together they're like. And then there's a bit of like a weird distorted release there, which I kind of decided to leave in. But yeah. I think you have other like tonal elements in there. Is there like like a like chords? Yeah, I can see the chords right there. What are those bad boys? Yeah, so these are just standard future bassy chords, but I've been playing with automating the reverbs. So and then what's this here? So Yeah, so it's just like they're basically just basic like serum future based, you know, one oh one chords. I don't know. let's have a look in here. Lewis the adult is called here. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, what I've done is yeah, just for like every now and again, just to like frame the chords, the chord changes. Because obviously eight oh eights on their own get a bit boring. I've just left them on. But I think it sounded really empty until I put the reverb automation on it. So together. decay release automation going on on these two here right to make it more dry more staccato vocal sample vocal sample in here i'm assuming it's just you right no this was actually from a splice vocal chart i, I let's just i can't even remember what it sounded like originally and then i chopped it up yeah so and then i've added some other layers here What did you do with that edgy vocal? How'd you process it? Okay, so it's, it's, uh, yeah, it's annoying. I can't show you the chains because obviously I didn't label to him, but I can remember. So it was uh, little old. It was first of all little old boy 
formant i think the pitch was like right up but the formant was down and then isotope nectar two on top of that and then it just had like a standard reverb on it and that was it but i think the thing that i really wanted to talk about regarding this which you can't actually hear but it brings a lot so i play sax as well right i was just like this still sounds empty so i just laid it down on the sax that's you yeah that's me yeah wow you're a dangerous man having this many talents sometimes it has its moments it's not all good (laughs) sometimes there are bad moments too but yeah and then together it just brings a lot it just sounds a lot fuller but you kind of don't realize the sax is there until you try and pay attention to it but that's a nice layer though yeah. Is there anything else in this in this first part of the first drop that you that you really want to cover? Is there anything else? That... There's actually the one thing, the main thing I actually really wanted to talk about was how the song started, which is right here. The vocal chop wasn't there originally because this song was originally a concept I had where I was I, I was watching like a video of a tap dancer. I want to make a song out of a tap dance sound, right? So this thing here is actually from, I'll show you, this is so weird, is actually from this thing here, which I ripped off YouTube. And then I just kind of took the best bits and added it over instead of using percussion. (laughs) And then all together, it's like, there's some other effects going on on it as well let me have a look i mean i'm glad i put the uh the vocal sampling because it sounded really empty without it i had this idea like it was it was a cool idea but it was way too much of a gimmick so i decided against it in the end but then i just thought i'll leave it in there as just as a vibe well okay well i can't i can't seem to find the settings on here but essentially what you've got going on there i i rebounced it all because i use you know isotope neutron yeah like i i I ran the tap dance sample through that because obviously it's like an acoustic recording of a tap dance so it sounds pretty rough so i just thought neutron help me out here um but it did have yeah it did it's got like micro shift on it so i put a bit of chorus on it automated a few uh a few of the reverbs on it and then yeah that's like kind of i just thought that would replace the hacks for the first half of the drop so for those who don't know like what you're talking about the whole process of neutron i know i know what you're talking about but for like if someone doesn't know what neutron is or what it does why why would you use it in this situation it's a mix assistant basically so it, it essentially you root it to one of your tracks and then you play it what well, I mean, if you know how to use it, then you, you do it yourself. But the most amazing thing about it is you can press track assistant and then it listens to where it's sitting in the mix and applies compression, EQ, uh, just makes it sit real nice. And sometimes it doesn't work, but on the whole, what it does is it just eliminates a load of frequencies that you perhaps weren't hearing before and it just makes it sit real nice. Do you use, do you use Neutron a lot? Not that much, but sometimes. Like It's quite CPU heavy. So usually what I, you know, when every time I have to use Neutron, it's probably an FL thing as well, but sorry fl but yeah basically i have to bounce it as audio so i only use it when i'm really struggling it's also like a battle thing i'm like no i will mix this myself but if i ever get to like those when i'm struggling or i'm trying to save time or something's just not sitting right i'll run neutron over it and quite often it will help it's really good for like comps as well like when you've got like when you when you bus everything and then you're eqing the bus it's really good for those i find as well that's awesome so like the main function the main function of neutron really is that track assistant right which is like it's like a mixing assistant right kind of analyzes everything everything 
else is going on inside of the song and and then applies you know eq compression whatever accordingly to what's going on in the song right yeah exactly i love the day and age that we live in that is so cool it's crazy and a lot of people are like oh that's so lazy but you know you roll with the times use the tools to your advantage yeah dude why not is there anything else in the in the drop in this part of the drop that you really want to cover so we've got some some weird percussion stuff that i put together off uh it was originally off like a contact library but that was a long time ago awesome. just to give a bit more extra dimension but yeah i mean that's pretty much that's pretty much the drop i'd say you've got your 808 you've got your vocal sample the sax underneath and then yeah the hook coming in again just to keep the theme right and then that's it yeah let's go ahead and let's go to bar 28 let's go there i'm feeling so confused why won't you just let me in? They say opposites attract, but you're making it pretty hard to win. Maybe you don't come for free. Tell me what have I got left to prove? You're so right for me, but how can I be right for you? Right for you, 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 right for you. So, uh, what is the Indian percussion? This here. Oh, that's nice. Just two Kashmir orchestral drum with some EQing on them. Kashmir is a, it's just ridiculous, isn't it? I don't know how he does it. <laughs> so good. I, the amount of times I'm like, no, no more Kashmir. And then I'm like, actually, no, yeah, Kashmir. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's basically just, uh, I mean, yeah, there's a bit of reverb on this, and I think I cut some of the lows out of this, but that's just there to frame the build, really. Is there quite a variation in the second drop? Not really a variation as much as just added, I've added some brass stabs in there as well, and I think the sax has gone down an octave, I think. Let's look. No, it's gone up an octave, so I've processed the sax now. Yeah, so it's gone up an octave there, and then you've got your brass. Well, I kind of like did these Reese brass Reese hybrid stabs. Which is nothing crazy exciting, but it does a lot. Right, and those and those and those little brass stab style things are those were those made in syrup? Yeah, yeah. So you've got uh, no, actually, that is substance. I think, dude, I haven't seen substance in a long time. It's really hit and miss, isn't it? Yeah, it is. There's like so many sounds on substance where I'm like, why? <laughs> but some of them are good if you play. You know, you do stumble on some gold as layers. They're good, but you've got this, you've got this. It's just like a, just like a singular sounds future bass preset, I think. And then you've got a Reese. Yeah, good old Reese. Um, but I wasn't being too brutal with it because I'm trying to keep it chilled. Uh, I wanted to, but you know, I thought, nah, not for this one. <laughs> yeah, for sure. No worries. No worries. Okay. This is great. This is good. Okay. Let's go ahead and keep going.
Yeah, I got a question. So the the little reggaeton, little little beat right there. What is that guy? So you got a uh, loop here, and then you've got some. You've got your standard. So you got. So I'm actually using a kick as one of the reggaeton snares there, which is weird. It works, huh? And obviously I'm doing like a call and response on the tap here as well. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the 808s, I've just gone straight, you know, sort of crotch hit notes, uh, four beats. And then all together, it's like, Awesome, dude. A fantastic song, man. Now, the big question is, is that I'm sure people are wanting to know, FL versus Ableton, dude. Why Why do you feel like Ableton is better than FL? Because, right, straight up, hands down, because of how much control you have over the samples. So, for example, you import a piece of audio into FL, like, let's say, let's, let's start with this guy here. You know, if I wanted to take this piece of audio and then, you know, chop this guy here and then reverse it and, you know, double the, uh, the, double the length of it, I would have to select that and then clone it and then re-reverse it. And then it's just a lot slower. Whereas on Ableton, you can just take a piece of audio and then select the bit you want and then, like, stretch it, do what you want with it. And I also just think, you know, it's better for recording as well. And, like, I'm working so much more with live instruments now, like, you know, guitars, pianos, singers, saxophone, things like that. Ableton is just a lot easier to do that with because obviously with FL does have recording options but they're just not as flexible as they are with Ableton with like grouping tracks and stuff yeah in that exact instance where you want to go and chop up a sample and resample it or you want to reverse it or whatever you literally just in Ableton you just highlight the part you want press command E and R and then it'll extract it reverse it and you move on right command J done consolidate onto next exactly what else do you feel like Ableton has over FL creativity so I think for collaborations it's a lot better as well I think especially when you have you know I mean I'm a huge fan of, you know, I know everyone, yeah, it's amazing how we can collaborate over the internet and stuff, but if, if I can get in the same room as another artist, I love it. And I just feel like Ableton is so much more intuitive for that because some people prefer to play in live and Ableton obviously has the session view where they're just like vibing out and you might come up with an amazing idea and jam as well. If you, you know, if you've got live instrumentalists in the room with you, you can get the Ableton push out or get the keyboard out and lay down some loops and then they can keep jamming and you can record them and then you can break that down into sections and then you just switch to arrangement view and records triggering each of the sections you recorded in session view and then you've essentially got a whole song that you just need to tweak whereas fl it's you sat there writing the track piece by piece in little blocks i've personally never really played around with fl since like i was in middle school because we all legally downloaded it when we were kids right? <laughs> yeah that was that was the way back then wasn't it give me a comment in the comment section if you illegally downloaded fl as a child one thing that i assumed because i've never heard anyone talk about this multi-band processing inside of fl is 
is kind of really freaking hard, right? If you wanted to take a sound, split it into three frequencies, and then individually process those same frequencies on the same channel, could you do it? Not really. You could like maybe run it through like parallel compression or do it through busing, but yeah, not okay, really. okay, that's that's what I was thinking you could probably do, but that's that's just a headache. So like for example, on uh, if we had a sample or we made a sound inside of Ableton, you know, you could use multiband dynamics and then create it inside of a rack, so it splits at high, mid, low, and then you. That's it. The the rack is what's amazing. Yeah, you can use racks, right, to be able to do that kind of stuff. Multi-processing thing. You have racks inside of racks for as long as you want. Huge processing chains. Is there a limit to how many plugins you can put on one track in FL? It looks like there's only ten. Yeah, never, never noticed that. There is. So it, just out of curiosity, like if you put a plugin on every single one of those slots, would a would a slot eleven pop up or would it? Would it not allow you to? Uh, well, we can try. Let's see which one of these is looking pretty full. What's a quick one to put on? Reverb's pretty quick. No. That's it? That's it. That's it, bro. Okay, well, that's one problem. It's just like the processing limit limitations, you know? <laughs> you should name this video like why FL sucks. Well, yeah, that's what, <laughs> uh, I was kind of thinking about is naming it like FL versus Ableton. At the same time, I don't want to completely slate FL because I'm still using it years later. I mean, I love Ableton to pieces, obviously, and eventually I will be using that as my main DAW. But there are things I love about FL, which Ableton doesn't offer, which is, you know, this matrix here for drums is I personally just think is amazing. Oh, it's a drum sequencer. It's just like it's just like a little MIDI thing, right? Yeah, basically, like you know, it's just it, it's like the old Roland drum machines from back in the day. It's okay, like, so you can just lay down quick you know. little rhythms, right? Yeah, yeah. And then if you want to, you can take it to the piano roll. But I actually think this right here is FL's biggest selling point is that is their piano roll. It is incredible. It's the best piano roll I've used just for like inputting notes. So like, for example, so I feel like FL is designed for people who don't really play an instrument and don't play their chords in, but just want to step them in, which is how I've kind of always done it. But it's just it's just way more intuitive. The notes are really big. You've got loads of really nice shortcuts you can do things with, like you've got your arpeggiator here. Yeah, that is, that is really cool. You've also got another thing I love. I'm trying to see, let me see if I've got any. Have I, have I only done two layer chords in this song? Oh, well, let's have it. Oh, this might work actually. So like a really cool effect as well, which gives it that real like future bassy sound is it's got this little strum tool here. You know what I mean? There's just a lot of control over the actual piano roll itself. You know, I do love that about it. Overall, personal opinion, I, you know, I know people, you know, a lot of people, it, it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter which one you use, but what I enjoy creatively, Ableton suits me a lot better. Yeah, I see what you're saying. And, you know, it's really cool about that MIDI stuff that you were just talking about. Because, you, I mean, you can do that inside of Ableton, but you will have to use MIDI effects and it's not nearly as visual. Like that stuff is like native. You don't have to have any other effect on or any plugin or anything like that. And it's really visual. So you can actually see it, which is really, really cool. One thing that I do feel like is a limitation of Ableton this is something that Ben, my guy that sits over there, he's not sitting over right th there right now because he's got some kind of sickness. Yeah, he's faking sick. Cool and sick. Oh, oh yeah. Rest in peace, bro. <laughs> so one thing that he did say, like, for example, how you can easily switch out audio if you wanted to. So you can be like, so like, for example, on track 10, where it says cashmere long sleep zero one, is there a way to, that you can easily switch that out? You can like right click it and like switch the file into a different sample or something like that. Is that correct? Uh, what, replace the audio? Yeah. You can drag another piece of audio onto it to replace 
replace it if that's what you mean no 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 so the way that he was saying is like if like let's say okay i guess a better a better uh, situation would be like on track eight where you have your like it's like what is that like some percussive looking things on track eight from bars 13 to 19 yeah this thing right here basically i guess from what he was saying is that you can still keep this entire rhythm that you have going on here you could just like replace the sample and the new sample that you put in would just take on this rhythm right here like the same chops and everything is that true well nfl yeah nfl yeah maybe i haven't found that fun i haven't found that feature yet <laughs> but possibly yeah okay i haven't used that before but that sounds pretty cool yeah so it's like something like that where it's like an ableton can you do that maybe you can and I, and we just don't know anyways we're, we're splitting hairs here basically for for, for me, being really big into sound design and really wanting to push the limit of sound design and create sounds that have never been created before, Ableton to me is the best because for one, just racks. And then you can combine racks and move racks around and you can basically have an unlimited amount of plugins as long as your computer can handle it, right? I have racks that like they literally have like 150 plugins on them. And wow, man. It's, it's literally just for sound design, right? It's literally just to create something. That's getting into noisier level. Exactly, exactly. Where like with this, you know, I as, as you just shown, you can only have 10 plugins on at once. But a really big benefit of having FL is audio and MIDI on the same track. I didn't even know that existed until someone opened up FL for me one time. I had no idea that you could put audio and MIDI on the same track. That was like heresy. Like I had no idea. Yeah, it, it does have its advantages for certain types of music as well. Like for trap, uh, for like straight up trap, it's amazing because it's so easy to get like the machine gun hats, the 808s and everything are so easy to get on FL. Um, you know, I mean, I'm still, you know, making a career out of it on fl so it's not a terrible piece of software but like you know it's personal preference isn't it i mean they're all they're all great in their own ways but it's just ableton is very creatively intuitive i think absolutely one more thing that i do just want to say that is really cool about ableton max for live is unbelievably cool max for live is there's max for live devices out there that i could show you that you're just like you've got to be freaking kidding me this is so cool and it all runs natively inside of there it's like the perfect combination of a stock plugin and a third-party plugin it's not stock and it doesn't sound stock but it doesn't take all the cpu of like a third party plug it's really cool it's incredible have you ever i don't know if you're into like the more housey techno stuff at all not like as far as like listening or as far as creating creating like do you know john hopkins i know i know john hopkins yeah but i like as far as creating i no, i don't create that yeah kind of so stuff. well so but, uh, anyway when i was at i was at ade in amsterdam and like i watched the masterclass he did of max for live and he had basically he had this device that he had rooted all his midi parameters to like a color generator a visualizer color generator thing like the sound every sound that he was manipulating was was generating colors on this other screen and that was all within ableton it wasn't like i was society yeah man that's, that's the cool mad. thing about it but you're right at the end of the day it's really like each DAW does the same thing. It's just what are the bells and whistles that come with it, right? For certain people, those bells and whistles could be a game changer or it could be a deal breaker, right? But for the most part, at the end of the day, a DAW is a DAW is a DAW, you know, except for like, you know, the really low level stuff, like- Like GarageBand. Like GarageBand, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that kind or of- Or like crap. EJ. <laughs> yeah, exactly, like that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, personal preference, I mean, it sounds like between the two of us, like, yeah, you know, like we kind of like Ableton better. Right now, you're more familiar with uh with fl and that's kind of how it's gonna stay for a minute which is cool that's totally fine there's nothing wrong with that you know
The final question I have for you is what is a concept inside of music production that you don't know very well, but you really, really want to know more about? If I'm completely honest, I think my I could really do with like learning a lot more about my knowledge of just taking a basic saw wave and turning it into the sound I want and knowing how to get there. Gotcha, gotcha. So basically learning how to- Sound design. Yes, sound design. Okay. That sounds good. Yeah, yeah. But you I mean, sp yeah, that's a very specific kind of niche of sound design that you're talking about, taking a saw wave and making it want to become what you want it to. But yeah, but just sound design in general. That sounds awesome. Donation for you guys who are watching right now, do you got any sound design tips for biometrics here? If so, go ahead and leave a comment down below. I'm sure he would absolutely love to hear that. Yeah, Is that right? hit me up. I'm all ears. I need to learn these things. Also wanted to say I've got two sample packs coming out as well soon. Dude, nice. Where, where are they coming out? When are they coming out? The official release date isn't confirmed yet, but we're looking at summer. So it's going to be around May time. But this is interesting. So it's not actually some, it's not like production samples, but it's guitar and vocals. Honestly, I think that's going to be really great because it's going to be your vocals, right? My vocals. And then I work very closely with a guy called Adam Ward who does all my guitars for me and he's been on a lot of my tracks. I just thought let's do some real organic stuff that I would use in my tracks because I think, you know, anyway, we've all got access to making things synthetically, but I'm just trying to bring the organic sound into production so everyone can use it, you know? No, yeah, that sounds that sounds fantastic to me, man. Any, any sample pack where I could get more of your vocals, I'm in. Sign me up, coach. Oh, thank you, man. Appreciate that. Dude, is there anything else you want to say? I guess just thanks for having me on, man. It's been great to be back on here. Glad you enjoyed the track and stay tuned for the new releases because I'm push, pushing the boundaries a little bit this year. Going to try and do some some really experimental stuff. I love it. Yeah. Thanks for the support, man. Absolutely, dude. What's up, Don Nation? Did you enjoy that? Did you learn a lot? Now, don't head out yet because there are still a few things that we need to talk about before the end of this episode. But before we get into those things, make sure that if you liked this video, go down, hit the subscribe button and the little notification bell so that you get notified every single time we put out a new piece of content. Also, I would love for you just to completely and utterly just smash that like button just as hard as you can smash as hard as it is legal to smash inside of your particular country that you're living in go ahead and smash that like button unless you didn't like it and go ahead and hit the unlike button. That's fine. That's cool too. I would also love to hear your thoughts down in the comments. If you really like this episode, please let us know. If you absolutely hated this episode, like how Ben is trashing the episode right now up on the screen. That's completely fine too. We just want to know your thoughts down in the comment section so that we can keep making this in the DOS series even better for you. All right, now with all that out of the way, let's talk about the things that are going to keep helping you as a music producer and help you keep progressing. First thing I want to talk to you about is behind the DAW. Now you are over on in the DAW right now. Oh my goodness, parallel universe. There's a behind the DAW. What is this? So right now you're on in the DAW. In the DAW is where we interview huge music producers. They come and dissect their songs in real time. We talk about technical things. Music production, uh, side chaining, uh, you know, sound design. Why am I blanking right now? Mixing, mastering, all that kind of stuff. Like what we talked about today in the episode, okay? That is what lives over on In The Dot. Now, Behind The Dot is where we focus more on the emotional, philosophical, branding, marketing, music business side, okay? So all the other integral pieces to the pie, to the cake, to the souffle of music production, okay? So of course over there we interview huge music producers as well. People like Prince Fox, Flux Pavilion, Xylent, Henry Fong, Mern, there's a bunch of other people. In fact, our recent episode was with Rave Republic. We talked about marketing your music through social media. We interview huge music producers over there. We also interview uh, music industry experts, like we got the CEO of Trap Nation. We interviewed him. We 
We got a lot of good information about him. We also have the uh, label manager of Deadbeats, which is Zed's Dead's label. There's a whole bunch of other people that you can check out. You can check out that episode over here on the Daw Nation YouTube channel. That is going to be the purple episodes. And if you're listening on podcast, you can check it out on the podcast as well. Again, those are going to be the purple episodes, okay? In the Daw's green, behind the Daw's purple. Just so you know. And then finally, Donation, like I mentioned in the intro of this episode, this episode is sponsored by the Zang Griffin Zodiac Masterclass. Now, what the freak does that mean? So Zang Griffin, he put out the Zodiac album and went on to get over 100 million streams, just absolutely blew up. People absolutely loved it. And so Donation and Zang Griffin came together and we made the Zodiac Masterclass. He breaks down all 14 tracks inside of his Zodiac album. Seriously, shows you how to do every single little thing, every kick, every snare, every melody, every sound design, every everything that he did inside of it, which is really, really freaking cool, so that you can learn how to make songs that have already made it, that, have, that, that they've already achieved exactly what you want, okay? And you can see how all 14 of them came together and were created. Also, it comes with a bunch of bonus presets, stems, a couple of project files. There's a whole bunch of stuff inside of there. So if you want to find out more about the Zodiac Masterclass, link down in the description, or you can head on over to dawnation.net. Right now, we have a 50% off though, because it is the launch of this course. So if you wanna go and take advantage of that 50% off deal while getting everything else that comes with it, go ahead and click the link down in the description or head on over to dawnation.net. Also, school base, totally still a thing. If you don't know what that is, it is a huge, gigantic, just massively enormous sound design course that we did with A5. And so if you wanna learn really advanced sound design, totally cool, totally awesome, super into that. Link down in the description, or of course you can head on over to dawnation.net and check those out over there. Also, really quick, Daw Nation, Ben and I, we were talking about it, we came up with this idea, and it was mostly me. Ben just sat there and looked at me. But we had this idea and it came to us, and basically what it is is we wanted to offer you a premium option, which is like basically for anywhere from like 10 to 20 bucks. You not only get to watch the episode, but you also get stems to the episode, you also get project files, presets, all that kind of stuff. Would that be interesting to you like for example with biometrics this episode this week would you be interested in paying somewhere between 10 to 20 dollars to be able to get the stems of this song or to get the project file the presets all that kind of stuff would that be interesting to you so we want to throw it over to you put the ball firmly in your court and if you do want that if you if you think that'd be really really cool for every episode that we put out go ahead comment down in the comment section also feel free to send me a dm over on instagram and tell me your thoughts over there which by the way, if you really like this episode, take a screenshot, go ahead and tag me. Uh, my, my IG handle is on the screen right now. I'd love to know what your thoughts were on this week's episode of In The Dot. So Don Nation, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode and I would love for you to join us back next week when we release our new episode of Behind The Dot. But until then, Don Nation, have a great day. I just got an email from St. George Day Spa. Ben, you wanna go? We can, we can do it together. Spa day, spa day. Spa day for the Da Illuminati. Stop it. Get some help.